0: Welcome to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. My name is Jack O'Way. I am the Sun. And I'm jo the dragon. And this week we are unearthing some new Arcana. That's
1: right. We are done with new... It's seemingly done with new subclasses and now just sort of revisiting options with the Sionics and now the revisiting of three new subclasses. So yeah,
0: just just today, yesterday, sometime, um, I got a tweet from jeremy crawford i mean not directly but no no i mean he put out to everybody but you know uh and it was like yo we got we got three of your old subclasses polished up and looking better than ever check them out and so we did and we're here today to tell you whether we think they are better than ever or not uh, so what, what are the three subclasses we're looking at? The here?
1: three subclasses are the Phantom, the Genie, and the Order of Scribes. Starting with the Phantom, uh, it is a revised Rogue subclass that was originally called the Revived Rogue, right?
0: Now adapted. And it was, I liked it. I liked the Revived Rogue a lot. I'm not going to lie. It um, came out in the same pack as my favorite uh, Rune Knight and Swarm Ranger. And the Revive Rogue had, like, had a couple of really cool things that I loved. One was the you don't need to eat, drink, or breathe uh, feature, Uh, which I loved the idea of pairing the Revive Rogue, that little feature, with using something like if you take a magic initiative feat and get mold earth cantrip and then be able to bury yourself just under the ground and then when people came by boom sneak attack from the grave yeah. that was like my favoriteest coolesty thing about him about them and uh the new phantom guess what have to eat and drink and breathe again
1: mm. i honestly think though feature wise they're much better than some of the original ones like bolt from the grid like the setting up bolts like that didn't really make sense yeah
0: i me. mean the the it was sort of like a uh, the revive broke had these like energy blasts from his fingers a bit like the emperor from it. like uh star wars just like zapping
1: people and yeah that's that's not that was so kind of rookie. i think what they did now is actually much cooler in some ways um like the decision with like the, the feature like they've decided to go with are much more well it ba- starts with focused, the backstory. Maybe could you can you read a little bit right, I'll read the- some of the backstory. Many rogues walk a fine line between life and death, risking their own lives and taking the lives of others. While adventuring on that line, some rogues discover a mystical connection to death itself. These rogues take knowledge from the dead and become immersed in negative energy, eventually becoming like ghosts. Thieves guilds value them highly as highly effective information gatherers and spies. Many Kai of the Shadow Fell are masters of these macabre techniques, and some are willing to teach this path. In places like Fae Forgotten Rooms, and Karnath, Hebron, where many necromancers practice their craft, a phantom c- can become a wizard's confidant and right hand. In temples of gods of death, The Phantom worked as an agent to track down those who try to cheat death and to recover knowledge that might otherwise be lost to the grave. How did you discover this grim power? Did you sleep in a graveyard and awaken to your new abilities? Or did you cultivate them in a temple or thieves' guild dedicated to a god of death?
0: And I liked that intro I was I read through that and I was like ooh we got like Shattered Kai, we got like elven like dark spooky things and I'm like I'm at, now suddenly I was like oh yeah this is cool like you're slipping out in and out of like necromantic places and death temples and all of them like okay what do you got for us what do you got and what i found though i mean i think they nerfed the hell out of this thing
1: i think it's so cool though i think some of the features they have are very interesting i mean other glasses have them for certain but i think they're I,
0: cool. I don't know like okay so we we've gone from all right so the big the big thing now like so things they've kept are the ability to have a little rest and swap out some skills, uh, like you can change a proficiency in either a skill or a tool. Although in the old revive rogue, you could also take proficiency in a new saving throw, which was pretty cool. But
1: did you have to like die? No, you had
0: to take a rest. Um, same as now, and I think that I think that um, it also used to give you. Advantage on uh, disease and being poisoned uh, saves, which it doesn't anymore. Well, later so, down the
1: road, you can still get that.
0: Yeah, but there's a lot more that used to get out of the box on through level with this. What do you get out of the box now?
1: Out of the box, every time you finish your short or long rest, you can gain one skill or tool proficiency of your choice.
0: Okay, and that's kind of fun. That's but fantastic. It's, yeah, but it's a bit like... Uh, often when you need a brand new skill, it's like you can't say to the party, okay, everybody... We just need to camp here for eight hours so I can...
1: No, no. We need to camp here for one or two hours. Short rest.
0: Did it say short rest? Short or long rest. Oh. So you can switch it to short rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I take it back.
1: That's very good. Yeah, it's not so bad. I mean, obviously there's an equivalent with the knowledge domain cleric where they are able to, for ten minutes, gain proficiency in a specific school, like like as... Or take a, a short rest worker.
0: and but, then boom, you can play the, is, yeah. you can play the tuba
1: sure that's a tool proficiency right
0: you don't know how often that comes up like that you get Definitely. walk into a tavern and they're like "Our tuba players sick and you're like give me an hour I'll be back and then boom you're like making coin on stage
1: yeah the, the little the, the ghost of a dead bard the ghost of a dead the tuba player secrets of playing the tuba I mean that's the idea behind it it's the whispers of the dead so echoes of those who have died begin to cling to you so, essentially, you gain, like, one free extra skill, which, which is very hard to get. Like, right. it's essentially proficiency in everything if you spend one hour to get it, you know, and whatever you want, you know.
0: But that doesn't, I'm not sure how much that ties into the backstory it gave us in the beginning, where it was like, ooh, the shatter Kai yeah. have taught Un- uncovering you this. knowledge.
1: Like, tuba like, playing? That's you. You made that up. That was you. It doesn't say Tuwa playing anywhere on this list. Hmm. It's like uncovering, like, knowledge, or perhaps, like, you can, like, spend a moment praying at the death god's temple as shadows coalesce and, and whisper to you the ancient secrets of the dead gods, and you gain proficiency in religion for a little while, so you can maybe try and recall what that dead god was again, you know? And maybe your DM can be more lenient with that because of your connection to these things, is how I'd imagine it being used in in-game. You know, which I think is, it's like the idea behind it. And you could be like, uh uh-huh, tuba player. <laughs> what else do we get? What else do you get? And again, at third level, more of a combat-oriented thing. Because they try to go for a, you know, less combat-oriented, more like role-play-centric sort of thing, yeah. which is Whispers of the Grave one. That's great. And then the Whales from the Grave is, sorry, Whispers of the Dead, and then Whales from the Grave is the more combat-oriented one.
0: Right. Um, Which and, basically, when you make a sneak attack successfully, mm-hmm. you get to then, and this is the bit that bugs me, because it's a little bit of a complicated mechanic here. Not that complicated, but a little bit more maths involved. Everybody hold your, onto your pencils. You get to do half of your sneak attack damage dice, which at third level is 2d6. So you get an extra 1d6 to anybody else you see within 30 feet. They get to hear these wails. Oh,
1: they 30 feet of the first creature.
0: Yeah, okay. Oh, interesting. So yeah, if you're doing an attack with your longbow from... 100 feet away. It's 30 feet within that one.
1: Ooh,
0: they hear wheels to the grave, and they take a D6 damage.
1: Or higher levels more damage.
0: Yeah, okay, but it's half of your sneak attack. So it actually adds another sneak attack die into the fight against somebody else, and there's no save, there's no dodge, there's nothing they can do, they just take a D6 damage.
1: which It's psychic, which is also one of the least psychic. resistant.
0: Right, and I suppose at a lower level, that's a thing. But um,
1: also, the, the main thing with rogues is they only get to attack one person, right? That's their whole thing. Right? Yeah. But now you, you can get, get to, a second person for free. Kinda. with Less damage for sure, but still scales with level. Right.
0: And it's a it's a leap. I hit one guy and it leaps to another person. It's a bit of a green flame blade type idea. Um, and here's the thing. How many times do we get to use it?
1: A number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest.
0: So here's the thing I've noticed. Like it, all of these new classes, they all have this... Prof- connection to you get to do something as many times as your proficiency bonus. And this is kind of a new thing for D D. We haven't seen this mechanic.
1: I think it's interesting. I and mean, it does really put a limit on it.
0: But again, you know? it's introducing another thing that we're like, okay, read that to me again.
1: I don't think it's that complicated though.
0: Okay, what does it say?
1: You can use this feature a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest.
0: Is it just your, uh, isn't it half your proficiency bonus? Equal
1: to your proficiency
0: bonus. Huh. Okay, so it's half the dice, but you can use it.
1: These these are separate. This is just recharging stuff.
0: Right. So, so at third level you've got uh, plus two proficiency bonus, right? So you can use it two times. You can use it twice.
1: When you reach fifth level, you can use it three times.
0: <sighs> is there a going to be a little box in D and D Beyond to track this?
1: Yeah. Eventually, hopefully. This is so easy, like typically features rely on a specific modifier. And so you have to check that specific modifier and wonder how do you change it and are you going to be able to change it? Where proficiency bonus is never going to be higher than six.
0: Sure, it automatically scales if you
1: automatically it, like. There's no need to invest in a specific scale. You don't have to.
0: Well, I guess scale. that's it. If you keep saying this, you don't have to then like say, okay, you get another use of it at such and such level, and you get another use. It just simplifies it down. In some ways, as saying yeah. like you can do this as many times as your proficiency bonus, which is already mapped out for everybody. It's a common scale done mm-hmm. so it's interesting they're bringing this in now it's not something that they've tied stuff to before it's a metric that's already in the game um i think it's it's clever, I, it, it okay. is different i'm i'm old so i'm always like uh new mechanic oh what are they doing but t- truth be told it's this is actually now that i have of get my head around it um Yeah, this probably makes a lot of sense. This is something that we're going to see through all these subclasses and possibly this is going to become the very common sort of way for scaling uh, feature uses. Because you're right, it it maxes out. like At high level, you've got like six of them. So
1: Now, originally when I read this, I was a bit like, huh, kind of weird that it targets a separate creature. But understanding the mechanics of the rogue and the fact that they can typically only attack one creature – this makes sense to me is it know. um is that
0: half your half your thing rounded up or rounded down rounded up oh thank you D D. usually we round
1: down mm-hmm. it's nice it simply says rounded up
0: very nice but
1: though. a good rule at home if it doesn't say round up or round down it's round down
0: yeah D and D, you round down unless otherwise told and thank goodness they told us on this one because right that means when you go to 3d6 you actually get 2d6 two, which does. is quite a big buff
1: mm-hmm. it's like a great sword yeah. The psychic, psychic damage. damage but most people can't resist that
0: yeah as plus could, it's for free as you you're go up gonna this is actually going to be quite a like this yeah. whales from the grave thing definitely but, is right, level be, 17
1: yeah. but also there's another feature which down the line will make
0: this more powerful right, let's get through these we got but, a lot to go
1: ninth level tokens of the departed
0: yeah i like when these I tokens this cool one, but yeah.
1: this is a little bit gimmicky and you're gonna have to understand how to work this and this is a good thing to keep in mind while building it but this is kind of cool i think Tokens of the Departed, ninth level phantom feature, so it's six levels before you get your next feature from the set. That's class. typical rogues. Like typical rogues, like all rogues.
0: They've got a, they get a lot of stuff in the between there. Mm.
1: When a life ends in your presence, you're able to snatch a token from the departing soul, a, sil- a sliver of its life essence that takes physical form. As a reaction, when a creature you can see dies within 30 feet of you, you're o- you open your free hand and a tiny trinket appears there. A soul trinket. The DM chooses the trinket's form, or has you roll on the trinkets table and the player's handbook to determine it.
0: I, I like it's you cool when cool I first to... I, when I first read that line where it said sliver. I saw the word silver, and actually I think now the trinket in my mind was always going to be this like little silver coin um, with sort of like a very beautiful like design or something on it, and you have these little soul coins.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could be really anything you, Like it says for the DM Because it doesn't
0: matter where they are You could even trade it in You could like Use it at the bar to buy A round of things mm-hmm. And then later on You can burn it And no matter where it is It Poof Disappears
1: I think Well I mean They might not accept that Sort of esoteric currency But Relating back to the idea Of the temple of the gods I,
0: I think it's actually extra, extra money <laughs>
1: Well, no, because who's going to accept a coin and with some it, it, rando's face on it?
0: Because because you've got the people in your party capable of Persuiting negotiating me. such a, an exchange.
1: Well, I mean, that's certainly an evil interpretation of it. Bartering with people's souls is certainly... Something.
0: Oh, think, once I you put it that intention. way, souls for beer sounds like the coolest, like, name for our party ever.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is certainly a thing, but I think in intention that's a cool idea, and we can get weird with it, but in base concept, like, this is something to, like, hold on to, like, a sort of, a node of their life force, you know, consolidated. It might not be a silver coin. It could be, like, a sort of, like, a like a statue of, like, their, their visage, or whatever it was, you know? But, I think being, like, the idea of being able to take it back to this temple of the god of death, or whatever, and present this soul, co- like, coin, or whatever it might be, to that deity, which is then trade it in for, like, more, like, then it has a knowledge to it, and you could be, like, sent to retrieve the, the embodied soul, the captured soul of whoever, general, whatever, right? Sure. Which is so people
0: idea, die, I mean, you get a token.
1: Then there are sort of mechanical things to it. It's not just an, a cool thing for you on your hit, you know? Not a cool souvenir. It is a cool souvenir. but <laughs> While the soul trinket is on your person, you have an advantage on death-saving throws and constitution-saving throws. Which is great. As your vitality is enhanced by the life essence within the object.
0: So you only need one of them for that to happen, and you could have a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And then later you can burn those at a higher level to...
1: Do some more things. To get... there, In fact, there's some things you can do at this level you can burn them
0: with. Oh, what, do you, what do you get at this level?
1: Um, but I'll finish reading it. You can have a number of soul trinkets equal to your proficiency bonus, and you can't create one while at your maximum so there you go tying it back into the idea of the proficiency bonus and like keeping that so it's sure. not you can have a number equal to your constitution modifier or whatever it's all based on your proficiency. so you can have up, up, up to six of them at some point up to six of them at 17 level you can have up to six of them which is cool as an action you can destroy one of your soul trinkets no matter where it's located when you do so you can ask the spirit associated with with the trinket one question
0: right and that was from revive rogue had that whole like ask the dead to questions and i guess that ties into the beginning sort of story they described with it as well which is kind of cool
1: and this is also helpful in gameplay, is it not
0: sure i mean this is exploration stuff which is fun um however it's very clear that it says the the departed soul doesn't have to answer truthfully it answers concisely as possible and it gets the hell out of there
1: the spirit appears to you and answers in a language it knew in life. So there's a restriction there.
0: Well, it, it doesn't, it's yeah. It's under no if,
1: obligation to be truthful. It could be and like. it answers as concisely as possible, right. eager to be free.
0: So the DM can be, the DM can be as like. But. I mean, again, if, if exploration is part of the game and the DM trying to give you information and you're like, who is the, the blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he answers in goblin, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I don't know, Goblin. And he's gone. You're like, but he did speak common, but it doesn't say he has to speak the language you know, just
1: one of the ones he knew in life.
0: Like, you could be a, like a jerk about it if you want, I suppose. Yeah.
1: I think, though, you could tie back to the idea of presenting it to a temple of, like, a god of death, right? And then that will be... You can almost imagine this as a, as a warlock relationship. You know, you could multi-class into something with warlock, and I think that could be co- a cool combination here, because it has no obligation to a specific ability, and it's just your proficiency bonus, which allows it to be, like, very sort of multi-class heavy, because it doesn't rely on any specific stat, sure. which I think is quite nice, um it does sort of for sneak attack of course you do need dexterity for but dexterity is a very sort of common ability to be investing in anyways um but i think this could be like presenting it to a god of death and then they would feel an obligation to tell the truth because as their souls are released to death they'd be punished for like lying or something ah, like
0: that. interesting
1: so you could leverage that sort of relationship
0: all right here you are at the at the pearly gates uh, uh, just answer one question and we can decide whether you go up or down
1: exactly yeah. you know so like, then maybe you could just be inclined to be more helpful you know yeah. or something like that and it's your one it, chance it, it to
0: redeem like, yourself tell us the okay. truth mm-hmm. exactly. okay okay i'll tell you
1: i think there is like a lot of role play potential with the subclass which I, I think is actually quite nice um plus like i mentioned very sort of multi-class worthy i think i could see a hex blade warlock plus this and you like slay creatures with the blade or even if you take improved pact weapon with a crossbow or whatever it is right and then like they're stored within the blade or whatever and you could do whatever with it you know but I think there's certainly a lot of multi classing potential especially with the idea of the cursed specter and things like that maintaining souls and being the keeper of souls for like, the right hand for a certain deity of death could be a very cool concept or even the undying warlock or whatever the great old one if you want to go to the knowledge sort of route of like tormenting the minds of souls or whatever it might be Um, I think this has a lot of potential there as well but then moving on to 13th level Ghost Walk Yeah. you can now phase partially into the realm of the dead becoming like a ghost as a bonus action you assume a spectral form while in this form you have a flying speed of 10 feet you can hover. Yeah, those those keywords
0: you can hover are showing up everywhere now so that it shows that, well, you don't have to land after each little flight, which is handy. It's good to know that.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can go across pits. Yeah. And over over okay. pits for a minute, does it say? Uh, you can also, sorry, um, attack rolls are disadvantage against you. Good thing to note as well. Um, but you, you can, can also,
0: also, so the, the thing about, uh, uh, for players out there who are unfamiliar with how combination movement types work together. So if your total movement is 30 feet, you can run 20 and then use your fly for that last 10. Mm. Um, so you're not, it, it doesn't necessarily cramp your whole style that fly of 10 feet. Like you said, it's great, especially if there's an open pit that's what 20 feet across, whatever you can run up to it and then fly partway across it hover not fall at the end of your turn
1: next turn or you could turn, do be running jump and even if your jump is only 10 feet then you could activate this as a bonus action sure. like float across the rest of the
0: way yeah I mean you're still limited to your full 30 feet so yeah some he combination right. thereof you can run 10 feet do your jump fly some distance, but then again, if you don't make it the other side, you're hovering. You're hovering right? So you're good, and then at the beginning of your next turn, you can come down that 10 feet and still have 20 feet of running speed if you want. Mm.
1: You can also move through creatures and objects as if they were difficult to ring, but you take 1d10 force damage if you end your turn inside a creature or an object.
0: Which is pretty common language for that sort of thing.
1: Well... You say common, but this isn't a very common feature. I think it's quite cool. I yeah, a lot, things, a lot of things, a
0: lot of lot of spectral things, if they get stuck in something, take force damage. Force damage,
1: exactly. Even, like, th- spells of etherealness and things like that. Sure. Well, I don't know about those, but there's typically, it's like you take damage and are shunted out if you reappear in the space of current creatures. Um, you stay in this form for 10 minutes or until you end it as a bonus action. To use this feature again, you must... Finish a long rest or destroy one of your soul trinkets, which is sort of tying it back into a previous ability, which I like sort of quite a bit. Um I think it's cool. And yeah,
0: the the soul trinket thing is great with that you have to sort of use it to Mm -hmm. to play, which is good
1: fun. Yeah. Finally, Death Nell. Nell, is that how you pronounce it? K N L E L L. What does that mean? It's like the sound of a bell ringing. Right. 17th level so this is your capstone final feature when you use your whales from the grave feature you can now deal psychic damage to both the first and second creature
0: yeah so it just boosts
1: the so essentially you've done sneak attack damage to the first creature and now you're doing psychic damage on top of that yes my 17th level is how many d6 um top of my
0: head i'm gonna guess like five six it's half already it's it's up there yeah. It's getting. It's actually by by that level, maybe it's like six or seven dice already.
1: Is it? I'm pretty sure it was higher. Maybe that's just critical stuff, but.
0: I think it goes to nine total dice. Nine
1: d6, and so halves, round that up five. So you'd be doing four d6, 14 d6, sorry, in total on that creature. In five d6, like all up, like boom. Yeah,
0: regardless of what it is, regardless it's of a it lot is. more dice than a normal rogue does yeah. on a sneak attack. So, okay, well, I whined in the beginning that they nerfed him in terms of like, oh, you don't get. Per- you know you have to breathe and yeah you you're not advantage against poisons and stuff at higher levels not that we ever see characters that often of that level but it it certainly makes these guys a scary high level rogue Mm. Uh, very dark very spooky and very in your head um so
1: i think very cool i think much better rendition of the original one. I think this is actually very. I, I would be happy to play. Like, yeah, like
0: well, and I think all three of these have been polished up yeah. um, quite nicely. Nicely. Exactly. All I right.
1: Think moving on to the Warlock. This right, we is,
0: need I to get through this. this. Yes, because I, I want to talk about this one a lot as well.
1: The Genie. You have made a pact with one of the rarest kinds of genie, a noble genie. Such entities are rulers of the vast fiefs, fiefs, of, fiefs. on the elemental planes and have great influence over lesser genies and elemental creatures. Noble genies are varied in their motivations but are all arrogant and wield power that rivals that of lesser deities. They delight in turning the tables on mortals who so love to bind genies to servitude, readily entering into packs that expand their reach across the multiverse. You choose your patron's kind or determine it randomly, using the genie kind table. Each kind of genie is associated with a particular element as shown in the table, which is of course the Tao, which is the earth, the genie, which is the air, you have 3 which is the fire and the merit which is the water which you can roll a d4 here which gives you a random chance if you don't know what you want to do but if you have a direction you might go for a certain direction this of course pairs with the genasi
0: yeah no it's great and it's it's better than last time as well like where it was just kind of generic like Mm. this time you've got all four of the different elemental types um and then the spell lists are also designed, set up, the spell lists, correlate Teach each I, one of those.
1: I love this. Like yeah, rather than nice. just giving it a random sort of thing, you get a specific one for yeah. all genies and then a specific one based on what your element is. Otherwise, I don't think it goes farther than that, but just that little touch is nice.
0: Yeah, it's nice. I mean, for warlocks, you pick up uh, a bunch of new sort of spells in here that are very thematic around your sort of, you, you're you like you're like a, almost become a mini genie as this warlock, which is kind of fun because you can still do your other things with this. I'm really thinking I would go Pact of the Chain Yeah. because as we're going to read in, this genie is all about like popping into their magic lamp and your magic lamp doesn't have to be a lamp. It can be anything. But the idea of popping into your little magic safe space hidey hole and then your pseudo dragon picks it up and takes and, it to and flies it off somewhere safe um it's pretty cool mm. uh i can't i can't or even just digs a hole and buries, <laughs> um or something like that it's uh yeah all right carry on quickly uh, getting get into these. the
1: expanded spell list we have sort of six new spells which is a little bit different uh, that they all get a ninth level one which is a certain interesting addition yeah
0: but totally makes sense
1: but totally makes sense. Let's start
0: with the ninth one.
1: Um, Starting with the ninth one, Wish.
0: Right, and how does a warlock go about getting a ninth level spell?
1: They have to be 17th level, like any caster, but they get it through Mystic Arcanum. Right,
0: so you don't have to choose Wish as your Magic Arcanum.
1: But you can. But why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? It lets you cast any other spell in existence. Like, it's the ultimate spell, if there was ever a spell, right? Um, then moving on to the general genie spell. I mean, well, Latin itself. Let's let's discuss the the implications of the fact that they get the wish spell. Like, it makes sense. Well, to, it, it's it, the there's, genie, there's the ultimate a, genie wish, you know.
0: Right, and there's a also I think a fourteenth level buff on this yeah, that yeah. gives them a mini wish as well. Exactly. But this is a genie. This is this is such a like. Why wouldn't you have wishes as mm. part of this? Um, I think Wish is fine. I don't I don't think there's any problem yeah, with it I think
1: wish. it's great. I think it's fantastic. I think it's like... The, like The Warlock was really sort of enabled to like keep up with the Sorcerer because they had no... Or the Wizard because they had no way to get the Wish spell, right? Or with Clerics or with other full casters because it is a full caster sure. class, right? And it was one of the only full caster classes off the top of my head that just didn't get the Wish spell, perhaps besides Druid, but they get Arc Druid, so who cares, right? And... This is a certain way to make up for that, I think, and give them the option to get the wish spell in a way that like makes thematic sense to me, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Then moving on to genie spells themselves, we have the first level. Uh, these are ones that they all get, plus one from their specific element, but the ones that they all get, uh, first level uh, spell is detect evil and good. Makes sense. Makes sense to me, sort of a general sort of detecting, figuring stuff yeah. out, right? Second level spell, which they get at a, as a third level warlock, phantasmal force sort of psychic interference or stuff like that which i think is still makes sense to me yeah. could be very elemental sort of based like it could be getting crushed by feeling being crushed by rocks or enveloped in flames or yeah i mean it's
0: or whatever yeah, right er, increasingly we find these you know getting into uh everybody's heads, sort of spells and things becoming more and more a staple. Okay. Of the new character of the new subclasses, um, and that's not just because of how you know psionics. I think keeping developing and pushing the game, but I think it also lends a little bit to how how combat and social interaction in D anD D have changed. Like the idea of getting into somebody's head and messing with it requires a lot more sort of a little bit more role play, a little bit more understanding of the characters you're up against and what's going on than just simply. You know blowing them up with fireballs which you can still do don't get me wrong that's still fun
1: which we'll get to in some of the other spell list here. but then at fifth level as a warlock you get the third level spell create food and water which kind of to make me make sense you know you're the sort of comfortable like you need commanding like conjuring forth water and sort of food then at the fourth level spell uh you get phantasmal killer which is an expansion on phantasmal force and it's a fifth-level spell. You get creation, right? Um, which is pretty really
0: um, big. Yeah, I don't think, I think that's all that special. And I guess maybe just in the interest of time here as well, why don't we just, instead of going through all of these, just high-level, which ones in across the different ones do you think are cool?
1: Uh, I think if free getting fireball is a cool addition, I think all of those sort of fire-based spells are kind of predictable. And that's I a, think they're pretty
0: cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, one of those things that I've always wondered, like with like warlocks, like fireball, like why...
1: My question though is why did not didn't they fireball. give them all maybe it's because they're six level spells but the investiture spells which i think are sort of perfect for the elemental sort of things like investiture and flame and fire or investiture and like water or investiture and air which they all have as spells as six level things but maybe because they already have this extra row here i just expect to maybe see something cool like that but um it is a six level spell so i can understand why they didn't include that you know but it could be just a cool addition that like you get this sure investiture right maybe they already are a part of the mystic arcana but I'm not sure but then so, so um, the, the Dao, Dao, I the, think sanctuary is a cool addition right.
0: sanctuary spike growth meld into stone and stone shape all. wall of stone
1: as well yeah um, I all. think meld into the stone is one that I think is overlooked I think it's cool but it's very situational and I've been trying to look for things I think it's the idea of like the burial again that I want those
0: to are all stone about. things yeah, cool. all make sense um, the djinn have all got sort of a wave uh, like an air-ish thing airish, to them. Like
1: air storm like Thunderwave, thunder wave gust
0: of wind wind wall Greater invisibility. I think that's
1: a cool one. Wow.
0: I mean, you don't. You're not going to pick that up until mm. higher levels, but um,
1: that's a good one. At seventh level, you get it. Not that high level, but seventh level, you get it. So yeah. cool addition to have. And then seeming.
0: Uh, yeah. The Afridi all fire based stuff, as you'd expect. Burning
1: scorching ray, fireball, fire shield, flame strike. Very predictable. Very sort of offensive. If you want to go for the combat oriented version, go for the Afridi. And the merit spells are fog cloud, blur. Right. Sleet storm, control water, and kind of cold. And that's, all sort of combat and that's the
0: water right. think Yeah, I love that. All very thematic, just good stuff. Being able to
1: control terrain and things like that, I think is overlooked in how important spellcasters like play. Being able to put out area of effects and control how the battlefield works, sure. especially with like, spells like fog cloud or sleet storm or control water, can really like change the tide of a combat. So all right. not, no pun intended. Um, that was the expanded spell list. Then the first level feature, Genie's Vessel. Your patron gives you a magical vessel that grants you a measure of the genie's power. The vessel is a tiny object, and you can use it as a spell-casting focus for your warlock spells, which is nice. You decide what the object is, or you can determine what it is randomly by rolling on the genie's vessel table, um, which is all listed here.
0: I I was thinking if I had a genie warlock set in an Eberron campaign or someplace where we could have a little bit more clockwork sort of thing, that the vessel would be a cuckoo clock. That would be cool. And it had like every time it went cuckoo, the little thing that popped out, that little like bird type thing, had a bit of a resemblance to you.
1: Genie's <laughs> vessel, it gives you a couple options if you don't know what to think of, but of course you can make your own, right? Um oil lamp, urn, ring with a compartment, stoppered bottle, hollow statuette, ornate lantern. Perhaps if especially thinking about Pact the Blade and Pact the Tome, especially, maybe incorporating that into your like, into your blade. Maybe there's, like, a gemstone within the hilt of your packed weapon that is, like, the compartment that you suck yourself into or something like that, just as a concept, especially if you take something that lets your, like, packed weapon be, like, your spellcasting focus, although I'm not sure if that's just, like, a hexblade thing or something different, but, you know, just an idea. So, here's here's
0: my first question. You know how, like, there's a lot of, like, you can't put a dimension inside, like, another dimension or, like, everything destroys itself? Like, the you know portable hole in the bag of holding problem right and while those are very clearly spelled out can i put a genie's vessel into a bag of holding yes you're okay with
1: that mm-hmm. unless it specifically says no other extra dimensional space can go in
0: yeah they're kind of like that's kind of like the general rule isn't if it, it?
1: says specifically that an extra dimensional space can't go in then i'd say no obviously
0: yeah I I, I I don't I'd say know
1: bring, I, I i could say that you bring a bag of holding into the genie space i'd allow that
0: could you, could you go that way with it
1: i'd let you put like i'd let you use essentially your genie's vessel as
0: well you can leave stuff in your side your genie's vessel exactly so i'd you let carry it, it in you thing. can leave it there i let you put your bag of holding so you could have a bag the and, of, and it's already a big room it's like a 20 20 foot cylinder room it kind of looks like, it's all like it's all like Comfy pillows and low yeah, tables it and
1: furnished already. Yeah,
0: big bong on the table.
1: Sure, <laughs> I mean if that's what your genie's into, but I think it's. I, it's, see, it, I, I see. I see. It looks see like a like, like
0: a college students like um, it needs it totally needs vacuuming cleaning it's a messy yet uh, no getting into
1: this business or do you think it's more like hotel
0: room cool like do you think there's a maid it's up service to
1: you. it's up to you i'd say it's i think there is no maid service i think you leave it as untidy as, you, it, as it is you say
0: yes because you've got a teenage perspective on it
1: you know yeah yeah i think no you gotta you gotta keep it maintained i mean unless it's destroyed and you ask for a new one you know? I, it's
0: gotta be more service department than that no,
1: i think there's no service to it it's like it's yours you know <laughs> Like, like can't you, can't you like like send, can't
0: you send your like, can't you send your little pact of chain? Familiar into, into like to, to do the, the like
1: only wait, maybe I I don't say I'd still a lot that.
0: Because at a higher level, like uh nice to more, so skip too far ahead
1: to ahead of ourselves. Uh, Bottle Respite as an action, you can magically vanish and enter your vessel, which is the idea right. entering it. It's 20 foot radius cylinder, which is smaller than most spell effects. Sixth level Elemental Gift, you begin to take on characteristics of your patron's kind. You now have resistance to damage type determined by your patron's kind. Bludgeoning if you're a Tao, thunder if you're a genie, fire if you're afraid or cold if you're married. In addition, as a bonus action, you can give yourself a flying speed of 30 feet that lasts for 10 minutes, during which you can hover another sort of mentioning that. Uh, you can use this bonus action a number of times to to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Then moving on to our 10th level feature, the Sanctuary Vessel. Um, now you can sort of bring your friends in with you as well, uh, and you can spend 10 minutes to take a short rest in there.
0: Yeah, I think this is where, like... I would say this thing really comes into its own, right? And this of course is where the maid service really matters because you're having guests over.
1: I think no, it's up to you. Personally, I'd say you got to clean it yourself.
0: All right, so you're in, you you've you've made your beds, everything's nice and tidy. Mm-hmm. But you got to you can like you pop in, you tidy it up and then you go back out and you're like, "Okay, everybody can come in now."
1: Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Once you go in, you can't go out. Like it's once per long rest. You Is it once per long for rest. rest, you
0: can go in. Yeah. So you can't go and tidy ahead of time. So you no, have to, like, no. oh, sorry but the.
1: Well, no, you go in, tidy it up, and then let everyone else in.
0: So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can, you can, once you're inside, you can then bamf everybody mm. else in and you can eject anybody who's being a jerk, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. You can. <laughs>
0: Maybe, well, like, a couple of people start drinking, they start a fight. You're like, okay, you guys are out. Boof.
1: Mm. Um, Benefits of the short rest, and the short rest is ban uh like advanced because they can add your emergency bonus to any number of hit points they regain on uh any hit dice as part of uh, short rest.
0: Right, but actually, just I know we, we kind of skipped over that bit a little bit earlier. That just bam- popping back there, what happens if the vessel's destroyed?
1: If the vessel's destroyed, or you lose it, you can. Sp- Perform a one-hour ceremony to receive a replacement from your patron. This ceremony can be performed during a short or long run. Sure. The and
0: destroyed. and d- the, destroying the vessel is actually not that hard because its AC is equal to your sa- spell save DC.
1: And it has hit points. It was your warlock level.
0: Right. So hit points are like like it's like it takes. So if you kick out a couple of drunks and they're like screw you guys, it won't take long for them to destroy it, and then suddenly poof, you all appear and everything you had stored in there ends up
1: I'd say the furniture still stays the f- in there <laughs> anything you put in there comes out but I'd right. say all the, the, the
0: furnishing, furnishing doesn't like like, like, the suddenly, like,
1: furnishing, like just disappears you can ask for a new one and it'll come back but anything you own will get ejected back into like reality like if you put a, your bag of holding in there for example and it gets destroyed <laughs> pff, the bag of holding comes out but anything pre-furnished is, belongs to the genie and just goes away until you ask for a new one
0: right and they, like, they look at the condition of your furniture and they get it back and they're like, oh, oh, is yeah. this how you treat our stuff? Exactly. Okay. Well, next time you're getting, like, Ikea furnishings. <laughs> Screw you.
1: Then 14th level, their capstone, limited wish. You entreat your patron to grant you a small wish. As an action, you can speak your desire to your genie's vessel, requesting the effects of one spell that is of 6th level or lower, and has a casting time of one action. The spell can be from any class's spell list, and you don't need to meet the requiring uh, the requirements in that spell, including the costly components. So the spell simply yeah, takes a
0: free, back. free mini wish instead of eighth level and below at sixth level and below.
1: I think this is where you could get your investiture in flame, investiture and, in where like wherever, because it lets you be sixth level and lower, which lets you sort of do those sorts of things, and igno- ignores the costly components. Um, like and it can be from any cost. spell list okay, any as well. spell list as well so if you so want to do a cure wounds or, yeah. or an, a revivify exactly you can boom. now do that boom I mean, also, Warlock, if you want to get Revivify, go Celestial. That's a whole nother topic. Yeah, there, episode one about that. Yeah, check,
0: check back to our uh, How to Build the Strongest Warlock if you want to figure out how to Revivify as a Warlock.
1: Um, I think that's a cool feature. You know, it doesn't outright give you the wish, but you do already get it ninth. It's yeah, no, so it's a
0: ninth. Yeah, no, so if you get high answer, enough up, you get to cast Wish, which is... Now
1: you get an even smaller cool.
0: Wish. Yeah, um, yeah um, which actually gives you two wishes races. in same day which is kind of unusual
1: but here this is an interesting thing right here once you use this feature you can't use it again until you finish 1d4 long rest
0: yeah so it may be a mini wish but it's like yeah it could be it could be a few days before mm. you get that one again so yeah don't don't think you can rub your magic lamp and get three wishes it's almost the other way around mm.
1: then finally the wizard um which this used like this subclass used to be the archivist subclass, right. which is for so, the Artificer, which okay. is now adapted.
0: Right, but it was for the Artificer before Eberron came out, mm-hmm. so it was just again one of the thingies. Things, things you're yeah. Going around, right. And interesting enough, when they wrote about a bit about this one, um, I was reading through it that, you know, the surveys that go up with the unearthed Arcana, I've never filled one out. Have you ever filled one of those out? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Uh, listeners at home join me as i pledge to now fill out the survey forms apparently the good people at wizards of the coast actually read those Mm -hmm. and uh, nice people like jeremy crawford and company they uh they look at those and decide oh this is popular and this isn't popular if you love a particular subclass that they've created. Uh, If you're playing one, if you wanna see it kept and extended, go fill out the damn survey form. Anyways, the survey form showed them that people liked the archivist, but they didn't like it as a artificer. And when the artificers came out, they'd cut it from there. And now actually looking at how they've done it, they've kind of put it into into a really much better place. But tell me, do you like the subclass name?
1: Order of Scribes, it to me it sort of breaks the convention of the name.
0: I hate when they break conventions on
1: I think it's like I think they just like they could easily sort of change it to be that. I'm not we've, sure why we've, they did
0: we've got an episode coming up uh, called that where we go through the schools of magic. magic. Right. And they're all called and, school
1: of whatever. Right. School of whatever. And
0: I, right? I love that I love that there is there is these schools and each school's got like its little buff to a magic type. This this breaks all of that. Now that's okay because there's, um, there's more than one way to, you know, play wizards of blades, um, blade singers also break the convention terms their name and
1: and more magic uh, but that could be magic. so changed so easy it could be like school of magic or school of school Dancing of dance. Blades, right not school of dance that's terrible
0: that's great no. it, t- it tells you exactly what it's nope. about no
1: nope. nope, nope. this could just be called school of scribes though like it's i don't know why they chose to call it order of scribes
0: school of librarians
1: no no nope. that still sounds so nerdy though i don't think anyone wants to play a school of librarians yeah, Yeah. The scribes is cool. I'm, I don't have a problem with the scribes. I think it's just the order. Like, why do they choose to call it order? Is my only sort of qualm. Especially when they had a Norman like a naming convention, and the same with the other subclasses. It's just, it's so easy to just call it School of War Magic, even or just School of War, or whatever. Right? Maybe they wanted to differentiate it like from the like schools of magic by calling. It something
0: what about but- like School of the Quill or something?
1: Could be. I mean, it does focus around this quill, so that well, let's the quill get in it. the book, um, wizardly quill, second level. When you pick this up, like first pick right. this up. Right.
0: Well, I mean, the backstory of this though is a little bit that, as this type of wizard, you really are into the books. Like not any books, but your book, mm. and your attachment to this book basically gives the book spell book sentience. Yeah, way more superpowers than most wizards' books get. Mm-hmm. and and that's sort of in exchange for you following a particular school instead you could be a lot more swiss army knife with this sort of wizard you don't necessarily focus on a particular uh, type of spell but what you really focus on is using the book to do cool things with that spell
1: mm-hmm i think this also has a lot of multi-classing potential in itself because i can imagine like the sentience of a book being something like a patch of the tome warlock style thing where maybe like like the demoness patron within your book like your evil pack like tome of shadows right is this like is this like sentience sort of force and so you could go between this and the warlock um and go back to the tome with it, and then you have this sentient spellbook, like, evil dark spellbook with, like, your demon patron spirit trapped in there or something My cool like that. My
0: sentient chrononomicon.
1: Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Um, but getting into the features, wizardly quill. As a bonus action, you can magically create a tiny quill that, in your free hand. The quill has the following properties. It doesn't require ink, um, the golden time you must spend to copy a spell into your spellbook is halved if you use this quill.
0: Not chrononomicon. Necronomicon.
1: Did you say chrononomicon?
0: Yeah, I just like, where does that come from? Chrono- I was suddenly like thinking, that's like time magic. Oh, <laughs> actually, by the way, energy. we've just, and this is partly, I think, because of, of some of the stuff that came up with Mount and just the way they've fixed psionics and stuff, but they, um, okay. they've they dumped uh, a couple of schools of magic, right? Onomancy's gone.
1: Oh, we'll get to that. And Cyanix
0: okay. is also gone. Mm-hmm. So, well, not
1: schools of magic, but wizard subclasses that were playtests. They've not. not
0: yeah. I well, see. I mean, they were sort of like.
1: They weren't existing. They weren't real, but.
0: This, these aren't real then either. Exactly. You, why, why is it that you don't believe UA is real?
1: Because they can be scrapped so easily, like with Onomancy and Psionics. If they think that they get feedback from it and the feedback isn't good, they can change it. They can revisit it. It can be like, so, archived. But, but
0: once it's, it's published in a hard bam book, it's, it's, it's there forever. Ever. It's official. They can never no, they change it.
1: God doesn't change things, but it becomes...
0: But that's not easy to do.
1: Like, it becomes, like... Like, for me, it becomes official, you know? It's yeah. no longer playtest content, it's official content. Which, I, I don't have problem with people playing play co- play te- playtest content, but if I know that it's going to be a long-term campaign, and if something like this could be archived, I might say, hey, this is probably going to be archived somewhat, like, soon. Uh, but this is cool, because all spells now, if you're using this quill, you can... Um, you can just have it for half cost, which is typically if you are like, a specific subclass, it's only your school of magic that you can do that with. But now it's every single spell that in existence that you can do with half. Um, uh, and you can just, like, create it whenever, right?
0: Yeah, so that's the biggest boon on this, is that they 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 have cheap, cheap acquisition of spells,
1: mm. which is fun. But... That's crazy to me. Like, there's not even, like, a number of emergency bonus you can bring it back, you know. But it's just, it will. You can make it. So essentially, there's no reason why you wouldn't use it. Yeah. Um, then, Awakened Spellbook. Using specially prepared inks and ancient, ancient incantations passed down by your Wizard of the Order, you have Awakened an Arcane Sentience within your spellbook. While you are holding your book, it grants you the following benefits. You can use the book as a spellcasting focus for wizard spells. When you cast a wizard spell with a spell slot, you can temporarily replace its damage type with a damage type of another spell in your spell book.
0: Which is great. So, I mean, eventually, you just want to make sure you collect something that does fire, something that does acid, something that does cold, something that does thunder. I mean, the whole list, right?
1: Only I mean, orb for a spell like Chromatic Orb, which has a bunch of options.
0: And then, and then you can cast Fireball and do acid damage with it.
1: Or go for something much more esoteric and less resisted, such as a radiant or necrotic type damage. Force.
0: Nobody has force damage resistance.
1: Or do force. Yeah, make it so that your fireball does force damage.
0: He's got to find a spell that you've got in there that does force damage.
1: Magic missile. First level, pick it up immediately. Boom. You no. can
0: shift anything into that. And you know what? That into itself is what makes this one cool, cool type of wizard um i i sort of imagine them holding their book up uh and doing it but you know like spell books don't have to be books right um all right sorry sorry, we're just gonna take a little pause here um we'll pick this back up
1: sorry for that interruption um getting back into it uh it's a, like they describe like changing the damage type as your spell book magically altering the spells formula for the casting of this spell which i think is kind of cool idea you know like you're messing with the formulas of magic you know
0: yeah it, it makes this uh, a really great spell of subclass to be if, because you can you can suddenly really change how spells work by changing up that I've, It's something i've always wanted i always liked there's a you know, it's, it's something I often thought as a sorcerer, metamagic would be really awesome to do. I, I like this. I like this one a lot.
1: Mm. When you cast a wizard spell as a ritual, you can use a spell's normal casting time rather than adding 10 minutes to it. Yeah,
0: so y- y- you're basically down to one minute for ritual casting.
1: So you could find you familiar in one minute.
0: Yeah.
1: Or 10 minutes. Or maybe it's one hour still. I don't know how long that spell is.
0: Well, yeah, but there's some things that are... Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's almost possible to ritual cast in combat.
1: So essentially, you can cast a, a ritual spell without expending a spell slot for free.
0: In what? Yeah, what's
1: per shorter? Or oh, or sorry, what's per long yeah. rest? Not even short rest.
0: Which is long. also a huge economy of savings for a number of different spells. Know, yeah, that. Um, yeah, yeah, just speed up gameplay mm. in a lot of ways. Because well, if you're doing well, it outside of combat, it doesn't any matter.
1: ritual but, spell you can cast. As
0: but if you display. can in ten turns, like not die, notice your party's doing something and holding off the baddies, and you're, you know, pulling up a, a, a means of escape for
1: you all, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but you could still do that. But you'd still have to cast, just like use a spell slot to do it. But now you can do that without expending a spell slot
0: if you're out of spell slots.
1: If necessary, you can replace the book over a course of a short rest by using your wizardly quill to write arcane sigils in a blank book or a magic spellbook to
0: which Yeah, you and that's just that's you, you know, this thing's too important for you know, be like, oh no, I lost my spellbook and now I don't know how, what I'm doing anymore. Mm. Um,
1: At the end of the rest, your spellbook consciousness is summoned into the new book, which the consciousness uh, transforms into your spellbook along with all of its spells. If the previous book still existed somewhere, all the spells vanish from its pages. So right. you can make a new spellbook, perhaps. All right. Master Scrivener, sixth level. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can create one magic scroll by touching your wizardly quill to a blank piece of paper or parchment and causing one spell from your awakened spellbook to be copied onto the scroll.
0: So making scrolls is something I you and I have talked about a bunch of times. This isn't the same, though. But it, it, is on the, it carries on with, it, in terms does, of what this can do. The
1: spellbook must be within five feet of you when you make the scroll.
0: And this, this was the this was stuff that sort of left over from our artificer right this idea of creating scrolls was kind of what this one was i
1: think it was more of like the idea of the like the artificial intelligence creating artificial intelligence yeah well that's album. that's
0: the little thing that comes a little bit higher level on this i think one. like
1: the original artificer really focused on that and i didn't think this was an original artificer thing
0: it was well no.
1: creating like spell scrolls wasn't it I, I don't
0: you sort of think archivist would have been all Well of that's that. what
1: you would have thought but I'm pretty sure it's, it's like different. I I don't know. I, I don't remember the old The chosen spell must be of first or second level and must have a casting time of one action. Once in the scroll the spell's power is enhanced, counting as one level higher than normal you can cast a spell from the scroll by reading it as an action. A scroll is unintelligible to anyone else, and the spell vanishes from like the scroll. I
0: like how it comes out at one level higher. Mm. That's nice.
1: Yeah, that's nice. But it still be must have, it must be your first or second level. Um spell vanishes when you cast it or when you finish your next long rest. So you can have one at a time, right?
0: Yeah, and the limiter on this is it's just you. It basically allows you to add one more slot. Right. right. Um, casting it at a little bit uh, uh, higher level than you would... otherwise
1: and you can have it you are also adept at crafting spell scrolls which is what we were talking about earlier which are described in chapter seven of the dungeon master's guide guide the top the golden time you must spend to make such a scroll are halved if you use your wizardly quill 10th level manifest mind the order of scribes feature you are now able to conjure forth the mind of of your awakened spell book as a bonus action while the book is on your person you can cause the mind to manifest as a yeah. tiny spectral and this,
0: construct. This was stuff that's brought over from the previous. Mm. This is one. the manifesting mind, right? Yeah.
1: Um, Tiny spectral construct hovering in an o- unoccupied space of your choice within 60 feet of you. This presence is intangible and doesn't occupy space.
0: I, I don't like the word intangible there. I think they mean incorporeal. It's not tangible. I know, but it's, it, it is, because it's got an AC.
1: Hmm. Does,
0: uh, yeah i think they're just trying to like give you this idea that it's this little floating ghostly body so i think incorporeal would probably give you a better sort of description of it's you know it's an out of body sort of like specter Ooh. but you can hit it and kill it
1: it sheds dim light by the way up to a 10 foot radius right. just,
0: that's all the same as before
1: um it looks like a ghostly tome a cascade of text or a scholar from the past your choice or oh, your evil demon patron
0: i think it looks like a little floating chimney cricket
1: if that's your, what your thing is, Ooh, your thing, Do the right you. thing! The Spectral mm. Mind is a number of hit points equal to your wizard level plus your intelligence modifier, and it uses your armor class and saving throw modifiers. While manifested, the Spectral Mind can hear and see. as has dark vision with a range of 60 feet. As an action, you can hear and see using its senses instead of your own until... It's,
0: it's a familiar. Now, it kind of is. You can see through it, you can cast through it.
1: That's... no. Well... That you can't see through your familiar, can you? I think you have to have specific spells to do that, or, like, Warlock Invocations, which let you do that. Hey. Um,
0: Whatever, Caleb.
1: uh, Maybe... No, maybe... No, wait, no. Maybe you're right. Hmm, Maybe I'm wrong. Whenever you cast a wizard spell on your turn, you can cast it as if you were in the Spectral Mind's place instead of your own, using its senses, which is a bit better than a familiar, because with familiars you can only do touch spells, and with this you can do any spell, um, which is nice. Uh, You can... Oh, wait, where was I... You can do this a number of times uh, per day equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. As a bonus action... As a proficiency bonus, yeah. Um, as a bonus action, you can cause the Spectrum mind to hover up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you or it a see. It can pass through creatures, but not objects.
0: Now, that's a weird one, right? Like, normally, if you're protecting yourself from ethereal invaders, they can't pass through living things. Mm-hmm. You construct, like like houses made out of like trees and things like that living stuff so that the ethereal plane has trouble getting in through to you where this thing is like, this thing's like the other way around this thing is like, Oh yeah, we can float through through organic material, but a wall. Oh no. And I think that's just to make it so that you don't cheat dungeons. You know, it's like, all right, I'm just going to fly my little ethereal specter, you know, scholar from the past, my little librarian friend. Mm. You know, fly him through like all the walls, find out where all the monsters are, explore three hundred feet around me and, you know, basically reveal this map. We know where everything is. Let's go.
1: Uh, it disappears if you're ever more than three hundred feet away from yeah. it. If it drops to zero hit points if you die or if you dismiss it as a bonus action
0: but yeah 300 feet's a big range to to spin around a dungeon look where all the doors and things are so i'm glad it can't go through walls and things um it does you know it's not that big of a spoiler but i mean it can it can still go through everything that's uh, all the all the open hallways and things so yeah, you can still get a, good, a pretty good view ahead and with a dark vision it's a great scout. It's a wonderful addition to the, any party would welcome having that
1: But you're It not, is 10th level
0: though. Yeah exactly you're not picking that up till 10th level so
1: And you can already have a familiar So I mean there's Can it, you have both?
0: That'd be cool like a little tiny librarian writing on the back of your familiar
1: Yeehaw!
0: I don't know if it would be writing That would be up to you but you're like, Yeah a little tiny cowboy that's, that's my uh, tiny uh, construct Okay my, the mind of my, what's it called? My, my your manifested, manifest, mind. my manifested mind is a cowboy.
1: All right. When with the word 14th level order of scribes feature, your connection to your awakened spell book has become so profound that your soul has become entwined with it. While you're holding the book and its spectral mind is manifest, you can take an action to cause the two of you to teleport swapping places.
0: So yeah, so this is a teleport swap place uh, okay. ability. And that's actually something you thought about like ages ago. As like, would be a cool spell to have. Right, would be this ability. Well, that's to, a little
1: bit more reactionary, but this is just also a cool idea. You can it's also been seen in the Echo Knight, um, with abilities and being able to swap places with like duplicate like illusory yeah. and intangible things, which is kinda cool.
0: And Echo Knight is canon. It's it, it was is. never it was never yes. play tested, he just dropped it straight into the I'm game. I'm sure
1: it was play tested
0: It's crap. I'm not a big fan. Really? Uh, not a fan.
1: All right. You can teleport in this way a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Moreover, if you die, but at least one spell remains in your Awakened spellbook. And this is the cool one. Yeah. You can return to life one minute later within five feet of the book. You revive with one hit point. Then roll 3d6. The book loses spells of your choice that have a combined level equal to that roll or higher.
0: All right. So uh, just to, to be clear, you die, you come back, but spells that you knew in the spellbook are gone. are gone. And they're not just a little bit gone. They are like, you can't learn and cast those spells again.
1: For example, if the roll's total is nine, the spells vanish from the book, have a bind level of nine, which would mean one ninth level spell, yeah. three third level you lose spells your ninth level wish spell. Or which would be unfortunate. It's up to because, you. It's up to you. because how can you get these things back? Through
0: wish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thereafter, you are incapable of casting the lost spells, even if you find them on a scroll or in another spell book. The only way to restore your ability to cast one of those spell, lost spells is through the wish spell which can restore one spell to the book per casting. But you don't have to cast it. Someone else could cast the mission oh, for you.
0: Oh, like that genie warlock we've got in the party. <laughs> That's right. Handy. And of course, this only kicks in at really high levels. This is 14th
1: level, right? Yeah. But still, this is cool. Like, this is a cool ability in yeah, my eyes. Yeah. I think this is great. I mean, it's a, it's a
0: huge trade-off.
1: It is, but In some ways, like, it's like... This is death. You are dead. Are you willing to sacrifice a couple spells in your spell book to come back to life, or are you going to roll up a new character? Well, and, and, and you're... It's a minute later that you're back, right? Yeah, in so, a minute.
0: So fight might be over by the time you're back.
1: People could revivify you, even though. But
0: yeah, but if they don't, if they can't, if, if that's stuff's beyond reach, and they're
1: beyond you, or it's too late,
0: you can. It's a fun role play sort of thing to suddenly have this wizard as well, who's especially if it was a bunch of his go to spells or her go to spells but that were suddenly gone, and you're yourself. like, I've come back from beyond, and and I think I've left part of me behind.
1: Or a part of the, this manifested mind behind. Yeah, I don't
0: know this anymore.
1: But those are the three subclasses.
0: All right, and yeah, we're the episode's getting a little long here now. So, um, thank you so much, everybody, for joining uh, Join us and for and another listening. episode. Unearthing uh, archive. I hope that our detailed long, analysis detailed analysis here has been helpful or interesting in your builds. I. Uh, I recommend getting up there and building uh, an, anything you can from this new material. I do as too. soon as you can, but play I it, play want test to let you know
1: it. Know that it could be going away.
0: But that's the whole reason, in, especially in D and D Beyond, to build one. Because even then, if they shelve it, if they archive it. You still have a copy Before of it. Or you can make a
1: homebrew copy of it.
0: Nobody has time to make a homebrew copy of anything. <laughs>
1: Seriously. All right. That's the end of our episode. My name is Jack O'Way. And I am Jay. And have yourselves a great week. Bye bye.